The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, we return to the courtroom with live coverage of the Chad Daybell preliminary hearing. Court TV's Chanley Painter will join us with the latest details. One thing that was made very clear, Lori Vallow shares a lot in common with another notorious woman, convicted murderer Jody Arias. But who's worse? I'll debate that with lawyer Monica Lindstrom and then share my latest theory about what is really behind the deaths of little J.J. Vallow Kylie Ryan. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinny Politan. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I'm Vinny Politan. Thanks so much for downloading. Thanks for listening. I am a former prosecutor. That is a, a title I wear proudly. It's the way I see the world. It's the way I live my life. And it's absolutely the way I analyze trials on Court TV and, of course, here on the podcast. And we are in the midst of one of the most layered, fascinating, um, tragic trials that I've ever covered. It's the one of Lori Vallow Daybell and her husband, Chad Daybell, uh, the so-called doomsday cult mom and her uh, doomsday prophet husband. And this week... Preliminary hearing began for Chad Daybell, who has a separate trial track than Lori Vallow Daybell, at this point at least. So it was just Chad Daybell in court. It was in Idaho. We covered it live on Court TV. And our legal correspondent, the amazing Chanley Painter, on the ground in Idaho, uh, covering all this for us and joins us on the podcast. Chanley, thank you so much. I know you're busy out there. Hey, Vinny. Glad to join you again. It's the highlight of my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So this was a preliminary hearing just for Chad Daybell. Just so people know off the top, just give us a quick uh, review of, of the charges that he is facing because I, we always have to remind people there are no murder charges yet. Right, not yet. So Chad Daybell faces four felony counts. Now, there's two conspiracy counts where he's alleged to have worked with his wife Lori and Alex Cox that's conspiracy to commit destruction alteration or concealment of evidence and that evidence of course the remains of Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow he also faces two felony counts of destruction concealment alteration of evidence that underlying crime of the conspiracy charges and of course all in relation to the disappearances death and discovery of Lori Vallow his wife's children, which happened June the 9th. Now, these are four felony counts, Vinny. So right now, without murder charges, he faces maximum 20 years if convicted of all four. Okay. And the remains are found in his backyard. Right. Where you've been. You've, you've been, yeah. you've seen it. All right. Yeah. So, so the preliminary hearing is taking place. And generally in preliminary hearings, sometimes they can be very quick, lack of detail, lack of wow moments. That was not this preliminary hearing. This had a bunch of wow moments. But to me, the biggest takeaway are these recordings that we got to hear. Absolutely amazing. The first one I want to play is Lori Vallow Daybell on the phone. I think Chad is on the line as well with her friend Melanie Gibb. But can you kind of set the table so people understand what they're about to hear? Give us a little bit of context uh, about this phone call. 
So this phone call took place December the 8th of 2019 last year. And this is Melanie Gibb calling Chad and Lori Vallow to confront them about them asking her to lie to the Rexburg Police Department about the whereabouts of JJ Vallow during the welfare, welfare check on November 26th of last year. And we also saw Lori Vallow, or we heard body cam audio of her telling the police that day during that welfare check that JJ was with Melanie Gibb. So Melanie Gibb, the heat was on her because she admitted she lied first to police that JJ was with her and she wanted to correct that story. So she recorded this phone call at her own initiative. The police didn't ask her to do this and she wanted to call and get it recorded so that she could clear her name. So they put her kind of in the middle of this whole thing. So now police are talking to her. She doesn't know what to say, how to respond. And now she's like, I need to get, I, I need to clear myself here. So let's take a listen to this, this conversation because what comes out in this conversation to me is absolutely fascinating. I appreciate those words, but if you really love me, you wouldn't have told the police that I had JJ with me. That's not, that's not what a friend does. I mean, that just makes me look weird, and it, it just, it's not safe for me. That doesn't look good. I mean, you had to think of my welfare if you love me. I do, and I did exactly what I felt the Lord was instructing me to do. And I appreciate you, and I love you. And I never do anything to harm you, and you can have all of this confirmed to you by the Lord. I have. And my, my conscience is clear. I feel very understanding what's really going on, Lori. And I believe that, I believe that you have been very deceived by Satan. I believe that he has tricked you. And I just, I don't believe that what you're doing is correct. I just don't, I mean, Tammy dies and then your husband died. And then he's and then he's missing. It just doesn't sound like God's plan to me. So this is amazing because these are two women, Chanley, aren't they, who came together because of their shared belief, right? LDS members have a passion for their beliefs, and and here this turns into like um, an argument about their beliefs and an argument about what God's plan really is here. It is. It's almost. It's a back and forth, heated exchange. Melanie wants to read Loria's scripture that she thinks is relevant to the situation that she felt led to to read to Lori, and it, it applies to LDS scripture. And then Lori counters with her own interpretation of what she thinks scripture and Jesus and God is telling her to do. And it's really heated back and forth, and all of a sudden the call ends pretty abruptly, about 21 minutes in. Not sure if the call failed or someone hung up on the other, but it's really enlightening to see kind of an inside glimpse of how they're processing and I guess excusing away what's happening and why they asked her to do what they did. Yeah. And these are two women brought together by their shared belief. And then it turns into this. And it's, it's, it's amazing because Melanie Gibbs is not buying what Lori Vallow is selling. And I guess she was used to selling it to people for quite some time, her and Chad and Alex and all of them. They're kind of selling this whole um, end of the world, doomsday, zombies, you know, people dying left and right, no big deal. Uh, but Melanie Gibb called her on it, called her on it. Now, there's another part of that same call I want to play because this was actually Chad Daybell's preliminary hearing, even though we heard a lot of Lori Val in these recordings. But what was amazing is, is 
this hearing is about him and the remains of the children in his backyard, but in comes evidence about him defending himself against all those, quote, conspiracy theories about the death of his wife, Tammy. Let's take a listen. And it's just not true. My own children were there. They testified that Tammy had been getting weaker and sick, and I begged her to go to the doctor. There's, she just, her heart was failing her. She was physically falling apart, and she hates doctors. And she just passed away. Um, that's how it happened. My son Garth was right there with me the whole time. My kids were with, at the house within the 20 minutes of her passing. There were two coroners. They checked her out right there on the bed. All these conspiracy theories just make me sick to my stomach. Uh, just absolutely sick. I know I've been told three years that Tammy would pass away at a young age. And I had no idea that Lori would even be a part of my life. I just knew that I, my life had two segments. Yeah, his, his life had two segments. You know what that's called, Chanley? It's called middle-aged crazy. That's what it's called. You know, some people used to call it the seven-year itch. It took a little bit longer for this guy. But he's going middle-aged crazy. He finds a blonde and, and, and a little bit of attention, and all of a sudden he comes up with a reason to leave his wife. That's what his two life segments are. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, uh, Chanley, what exactly is the – give us the, the timing of this Lori Vallow relationship and Chad Daybell. Like, how does the, re the timeline of the relationship relate to, you know, when he starts seeing Lori Vallow and when his wife tragically passes away? So Lori meets Chad Daybell, October 2018, with Melanie Gibb. Melanie Gibb was there. This was at one of those preparedness conferences where they talk about the end times and being prepared for Jesus' second coming. And Melanie Gibb says that they immediately, Lori and Chad, hit it off and kept in touch from then on. And really, if you look at this timeline, Vinny, you can tell the turmoil in Lori and Charles Vallow's relationship. Only a month or two later, he's filing for divorce from Lori, talking about these uh, beliefs that she has that really concern him about her mental health. And Melanie Gibb on the witness stand yesterday says that Chad was the one who taught Lori these things outside of the LDS faith. And so... It seems as though, based on what we know from court documents and testimony, that Lori and Chad kept in touch, had this relationship since late 2018, and it just intensified over the months up until, you know, Tammy's death was October 19th of 2019. So, and, and didn't they later, weren't they playing little love games on the? On, was it at the uh, at the university track or something? They were kind of doing smoochy, smoochy, hand holding while while Tammy was alive and in front of Melanie Gibb. Yes. So Lori moved to Rexburg, Idaho, where I am right now, in September 2019, and Melanie Gibb visited her often. And one of these trips, and Melanie testified to this, that they were at the track of the big BYU campus here in Rexburg and were open about their relationship, that they were together holding hands, uh, light kissing, according to Melanie Gibb. And it was obviously something that Melanie Gibb was not comfortable with, as she testified to. But this was before uh, Tammy Daybell's death, weeks and months before. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and how do you think you can do that in front of your friend who you met and got to know because of your shared faith? I mean, it, it's, 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 it's unreal. It's really unreal. So let's, speaking of the lovebirds, 
Chad and Lori, the, the phone call that was played, wow. And this is, so Lori Valadebel is in jail, right, in, in Rexburg, and makes a call to Chad. Give us the, the, the um, context of this phone call. When is this phone call taking place that we're about to hear? Yes, this phone call is the morning around 11 a.m., the day that police are executing the search warrant to find the remains of Tylee and JJ in Chad Daybell's backyard. Lori calls him just moments before he's arrested, Vinny. 11, he wasn't arrested too long after 11 a.m. This was the last phone call that they had together. And around 11 a.m. from FBI testimony yesterday was about the time they discovered J.J. Vallow's remains by the pond on his property. So the timing of this phone call, I mean, if you just put the timeline together, is really eerie. We have Lori calling Chad from jail. She's being held in Madison County Jail, million-dollar bond for her desertion and abandonment charges. She calls, he answers, and you, what I noticed right off the bat was the change in his voice. We just heard this phone call with Melanie Gibb the day, you know, the day before in testimony where he's upbeat, and then it's a completely different Chad Daybell on this phone call we hear when he knows the investigators, the FBI, are on his property searching for the kids. I'm going to play that call for you. And and what's and, and Chanley's right on. It's, it's the tone that is so important here. You may not even be able to understand everything that Chad Daybell says, but his tone and his demeanor speaks volumes. Let's take a listen. They're searching the property. The house right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mark means we'll be talking to you. Okay. What, are they in the house? No, not out in the property. Are they seizing stuff again? So I don't know if you could understand what Chad Daybell was saying there, but he's telling Lori that they're searching the property. They're out in the property. They're searching. He knows what they're going to find there. And he is just, he's, he's, he's down in the dumps there. He is like, wow. He knows what's happening. I mean, and you play this phone call, Chanley, if we ever get to a murder trial or we get to this trial, a jury is going to listen to that. And from my perspective, they're going to say, of course, he knew exactly what was in the backyard. He knew what was about to happen. And so did she. This is evidence of the conspiracy. It is. That's why the prosecutor played it in court. And it even ends kind of like, should I call you later? I think Lori says something like, should I call you later? And he's like, well, you can try as if he knows he's not going to be around later. Uh, he sees where they're searching, and if he knew where they were located, he knows what's up. Of course, you know, Vinny, the defense is going to say, really, what does this prove? He didn't know um, that they were in the backyard. Lori didn't tell him, etc. So, again, it's we're going to see, I think, the defense fighting that. Absolutely. Chanley Painter on the ground in Idaho, and she's going to stay out there because next week is uh, Lori Vallow-Daybell's preliminary hearing, so we'll get even more details during that. Chanley, thanks so much. Thanks, Vinny. Anytime. All right. When we come back, folks, this woman, Lori Vallow-Daybell from Arizona, reminds me of another woman from Arizona who is also connected to LDS. 
also a trial I covered. We'll talk about those women next. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. I was asked the question, if you were presented this evidence and you were a third party, what would you think? And, um, you know, I, I need to be honest in it. The evidence is very compelling, but none of it proves that I committed a murder. None of it proves that I committed a crime. So I don't tell people the truth about where we are and what we're doing because of those reasons. So I look like a suspect, but I am not a good person. I've raised all of my kids. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do in life, but everyone is causing me trouble right now. So there you hear the voice of two women, two women from Arizona. Two awful human beings from Arizona. One of them, the woman we're talking about in this program, right? Lori Vallow-Daybell, the so-called doomsday cult mom. Did you recognize the other one? Did you? Come on. You had to recognize the other one. She is evil. An evil, convicted killer who, by one vote, by just one vote, Escaped death row where she should be living today and residing. She's serving life in prison. Her name is uh, Jody Arias. And she was, oh, when I covered that trial, I, I, I could not believe the things that she did and what she said, how she acted. She was a, a despicable human being. But the more that I cover this cult mom case, the more I believe this woman from Arizona is even worse than that woman from Arizona. So, in order to fully get through this issue and, and, and try to analyze who's worse, we need to bring in another woman from Arizona. But she's one of the good ones. Monica Lindstrom, attorney, mediator. She's a radio personality. She's on my show a million times for the last, oh, since Jody Arias' trial. Monica, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Benny. I, I don't know if I want to be associated with Jody Arias, but, you know, she brought me to you, so to speak. So I, I guess I'll take it. But, you know, I do want to point out Arizona does not claim these two women. I mean, I know that Jody was here for a little bit, but then she went away. She's just stuck here now. And um, Daybell, you know, she was here for a little bit, but just. So, you know, not all Arizona people are like this. We just well, have a few crazies. There's there's something. Maybe it's too much sunshine. They overheated. I don't know what it is, but they, they <laughs> are doing awful, awful things. Now, I think this woman now, Lori Vallow-Daybell, that we're, we're getting to know more and more through the course of, of the coverage of this case for seven months and the preliminary mm -hmm. hearings and the facts that are coming out and the recordings that are coming out, I can't believe I have found someone from Arizona who is worse than Jody Arias, but I have. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I think Jody Arias is still, uh, first of all, they're both horrible human beings, horrible human beings. And I should hate Daybell even more or Valo Daybell because she's a mother. Jody wasn't a mother. So, you know, she doesn't quite understand loving a child like that. 
and Vallo, you know, we don't know what she really did, right? We don't know if she really killed her children or not. So, I mean, you know, I'm all in on Jodi Arias. I think she is the worst, 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 worst. Did I say that? She's horrible, Vinny. So I want to talk about religion, okay? Because this woman, Lori Vallow Daybell, what really gets under my skin, and, and, and the great thing about this country is everyone can practice whatever religion they want, and they can do so freely, and we should not attack it. But this woman uses religion to cover up this despicable behavior. I mean, she invokes the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus for her actions and her uh, taking part in this conspiracy involving her children, gone, involving her um, uh, little... Uh, interactions, should I call them, with Chad Daybell while he was still married? Ew. All, all in Ew. the name of Jesus. She uses okay. our Savior as a reason for taking part in all this. <laughs> Jody Arias, she was just uh, a fatal attraction case, okay? No, so I no, get no, it. no, 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 no. I will see your religion, and I'll one-up you on this, because Jody Arias used religion, became a LDS person in order to get into Travis Alexander's pants. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? My bad. But she did. At least Lori Vallow Daybell actually comes across as actually believing in the craziness that she's spouting, right? Not Jodi Arias. She just used that as an excuse to get to Travis Alexander and to his friends and to act like she's a good person. So I'm going to say that Jody Arias wins that one, too. But Lori Valadebel then goes and involves other people in her little scheme. Could you imagine? You are now, and, and, and the facts have come out. I mean, her children's bodies and remains are buried in her new husband's number five, by the way. Nothing wrong with that, but it is number five. Uh, her, yeah, there's a little something wrong yeah, with that. There is, there is. Number five's <laughs> backyard, okay? And while all the that is happening... digger's backyard. Exactly. And mm -hmm. who, does she, who does she get involved in this whole thing when police come a-knocking on her door? Her mm -hmm. best friend. And now all of a sudden her best friend is put into this position of what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do? And, and by the way, she makes the 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 phone call that I've warned people about. And, and, and it's the phone call, listen, when the police call, tell them dot, dot, dot. And I've told people, <laughs> anyone asks you to do that, don't do it. But she did do that and involved her best friend in the middle of all of this. And this was a friend that she met because of their faith, their shared faith in the LDS. Yeah. And, and to me, that is yeah. outrageous. Again, the use of religion and turning your back on your best friend involving her in your mess. Jody didn't do that. All right. All She's right. speechless. I'm digging deep. I'm digging deep here. Okay. So she used her best friend. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I do think she thought she was doing the right thing, crazy woman that she is. How about this? After Jody Arias shoots, slices, dices, stabs Travis Alexander, I know that sounds harsh. I'm so sorry, but that's exactly what happened. She gets in the car after trying to hide the crime, drives to another state, and then attempts to make out and have sex with another person. 
okay? Talk about using someone to try to act like she didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's just disgusting. It's one thing to kind of bring your best friend in because you believe the crap that you're throwing out there. It's another thing when you actually try to have sex and make out with somebody just hours after killing someone. Dude, that's gross, Vinny. Gross. Beat that yeah, one. Yeah, but, but not quite as bad as marrying the man who buried your children in his backyard and then going off to Hawaii with a bag of money and hanging out on the beach with your Hollywood glasses, sunglasses, pretending like nothing has happened. Okay, and I, and, so how and, about... And, and, and by the way, I think they did some of that nasty stuff that Jody Aries attempted to ew, do. Ew, golly, do we have to go there? But I guess, yeah, we do, huh? Okay, well, what about this one? Okay, so Jody Arias, after she does all this, she goes on with her merry little life and acts like nothing happened, just like the Daybells. I'll call them the Daybells now since they're together. Um, they acted like nothing was going on. Well, Jody Arias did the same thing, but she did something worse. She acted like she was sorry for the family. She acted like she was upset. She sent flowers to Travis Alexander's grandmother. I mean, she told the cops that she loved this guy, and she called the um, detective pretending like she wanted to know and she wanted to help, and all along she was scheming and trying to figure out what was going on so she could try to get out of it. So where the daybells weren't talking and just playing, right, Jody Arias brought other people in and tried to make it sound like she loved them and she was sorry. Uh-huh. Nasty, horrible, vicious woman. Not from Arizona, by the way. California. She is now a permanent Arizona resident. You yes, know that. she is. <laughs> she yes, is. she is. We still don't claim her, though. Okay. But here's the, here's the bottom line, though. The bottom line of all of this is Lori Valadebel and her little conspiracy is actually a very big conspiracy and involves the death of her husband, Charles Vallow, the death of her husband, number five's wife, Tammy, involves the death of two children, one of whom is special needs, and also involves the death of the family hitman, Alex Cox, and also husband number two died under mysterious circumstances as uh -huh. well, Joseph Ryan. So we've got a pile of six bodies here, and... At the oh, end of the day, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this is this where we get into your conspiracy theory and your your tin hat and you know all that kind of stuff? Are you no. going to give us the answer to all this? The the answer will come because there are indictments around the corner, and when they come, <laughs> we shall see. I mean, we learned a lot from this preliminary hearing, and there is a lot more to go. But I think the reason why Lori Vallow is so evil, obviously. The children is the is the biggest factor. And I know you've conceded that already. And oh well, being a mom, of course, I can't possibly yeah. imagine, right? That's disgusting, like scum of the earth, if you ask me. And it's it's not just and her daughter Tylee in the in some of the videos that we've seen was her mom's protector. You know, when she was having trouble with Charles because Lori was going crazy because she met Chad. Her daughter, Tylee, went in there and protected her and did everything she could to shield her mom. Meanwhile, she had adopted J.J., this little angel, who needed special attention. And all she had to do if she wanted to be with Chad 
All she had to do give them up. is just give them up. Charles would have taken care of those children forever. And you and know that, what? And, and Jody Arias, all she would have had to do was break up with Travis Alexander. But she had sex with him. She waited till he was vulnerable. She got him in the shower. For God's sake, she put him in the shower. And then that's when she attacked them. So both of these women are just awful. I think the only difference is Daybell, Lori Vallow Daybell, she actually believes this doomsday stuff, or at least that's what it appears, whereas Jody Arias didn't believe in anything but herself. Boom. Boom, Benny. I, I will uh, uh, agree to disagree with Monica Lindstrom, <laughs> but I, I'm so glad that you came on the program today. Great to have Thanks, you here. Benny. I know you're super busy because you're one of those working attorney mediator people out there in Arizona. So I appreciate your time, and, and we'll see you on uh, Court TV very soon. All right. Thanks, Vinny. Bye. All right, Monica Lindstrom. Now, you, you think she dropped the mic there at the end, right? But she really didn't drop the mic on me. <laughs> because there's one thing I got to say. When we come back, I will reveal the true motivation of Lori Vallow Daybell. And it probably would have been my mic drop, but I'm saving it for you. That's coming up next. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. What happened was my husband, who we were married for 15 years and had raised all these five kids together, switched his life insurance policy to her, right? To... <laughs> to his sister. Okay. Who got a million dollars when he died, and we got nothing for me to raise JJ, and all the kids got nothing, and everybody got nothing. She got a million dollars. So I knew she was going to try to sue me for him or... JJ? Yeah, because she now has this million dollars, so she can hire people to help him, and I have nothing. My but you have nothing, legal custody. He's my son. I adopted him right. when he was two years We had him from the time he was eight months old till two years old. So she does nothing that wants to cause me trouble. All right, so that's Lori Vallow Daybell speaking to police. That was body cam audio you just heard. And there she is speaking to police as they're making a welfare check looking for her son, her special needs son, J.J., because J.J.'s grandma and grandpa down in Louisiana uh, hadn't heard from J.J., and they used to talk to him and FaceTime with him just about every day, and they were very concerned, very worried, so there was a welfare check. And did you listen closely to what Lori Vallow was, was saying to these officers? You're talking about a missing child, right? And, and to me, you have to... It's, it's so difficult to, to prove a motive. What motivates someone to get involved in, in criminal activity. It's why it, it's not an element of any, of any crime. Prosecutors never have to prove it. But you always want to make the arguments and explain to the jury why this would happen. Why would a mother abandon her children? Why would a mother allow her children to be buried in her husband's backyard? I mean, this is insane stuff. So there has to be an explanation. And I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, the cult and doomsday and zombies. But from the beginning, I've said what, what motivated Chad Daybell was the sin of lust. He suddenly, with 
with these books that he's writing, becoming an author, is getting the attention of women. And we've, we've spoken to, to former friends of his who've told us about this. And then the blonde, that former contestant for Mrs. Texas 2004, that sassy blonde with those blue eyes is giving him attention, attention like he's never gotten before. And all of a sudden, he is driven by lust to do and say whatever he has to do to get the girl and be with her, along with some money. That was, that was him. But for Lori Vallow Daybell, there is spite and anger in her voice. And what's the anger and spite about? It's about greed. It's about money. Her brother shoots and kills her husband. He's got an insurance policy. It's payday for Lori Vallow Daybell. Only unbeknownst to her, she was not the beneficiary. Charles Vallow left the money to his sister because he knew his sister would be responsible and would take care of the children. But man, that got Lori Vallow angry. And you could hear, she's, I mean, she just meets these police and she's bringing up the insurance policy. Your child is missing. Actually, your children are missing. Actually, your children are buried in your husband's backyard. And what are you focused on? We were married for 15 years. And she gets the life insurance policy money? I put in 15 years. I raised those kids. I earned that money. If I wasn't going to get the money, I wouldn't have had my brother shoot and kill. Oop, did I say that? I didn't say that. No, she didn't admit that. But that's what this case is about. You know, it, it, there's going to be this whole thing about Jesus and the second coming and their beliefs in LDS. They don't, they're not LDS. LDS are good people. They are good people. These are not good people. Their belief system is way outside. But they are driven by actual sins. Greed and lust. It's old-fashioned. It's simple. It's straightforward. And let me tell you, if I'm the prosecutor in this case or cases, trial or trials, I am jumping up and that's what I'm arguing. I, I am not saying that they are somehow delusional and believe in a second coming and zombies. They use that as the cover, as the cover to get people to do things, to get Alex Cox to take people out. You know, to, to explain things and to cover up what they truly want, which is sex and money. And they had it for a very short time down there on the island of Kauai. They were down there, the honeymooners, with their bag of money, doing what honeymooners do. But the honeymoon is over. And doomsday has come for Chad Daybell. He's now bound over for trial. Lori Valladaybell is up next, and we will continue to cover it here on the Court TV podcast and, of course, on television as well. For those of you who don't know, Court TV is much more than a podcast. We are an entire television network with gavel-to-gavel coverage of trials and in-depth analysis of cases and investigations that are going on. You can watch me every night from 8 to 11, 8 to 11, Monday through Friday on Court TV. To get Court TV, if you've got a digital antenna, all you have to do is scan it and rescan it, and you will find Court TV. 
Otherwise, go to CoreTV.com and, and find out how you can find us in your area. We're available on cable systems, over-the-top streaming, every which way. So uh, I look forward to um, talking to you on the television, but, of course, talking to you next week right here on the Court TV Podcast. I'm Vinny Politan. Have a great week, and don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.